Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I love that song. I love the heart position of come do what you want to do. Come move the way you want to move. I trust you. And while that song was playing, actually, I, Holy Spirit highlighted you to me. You have the glasses and like a gray jacket. And what I saw is that you've been crying out to God. There's been an expectation of God. I need you. I'm desperate for you to move. And he's seen it. He's already moving. It may not look like it in the physical, but I promise you, he's already sent angels on your behalf to watch the family members who you've been praying for. He sees it and he's been reaching out. It's already in motion. And then when you praise and you say, God, do it your way, I promise you everything you pray for is shifting into place. It's coming in alignment. God, I thank you for showing up for this woman. I thank you that she has the strength to trust you like none other. And God, I thank you for seeing her, seeing her heart, showing up in a mighty way. I thank you that, God, that her faith is like outstanding that her faith is in you and in heaven. And God, I thank you that you are going to show up and release the miracles that she has been praying for, that she's been believing for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're right there. You're a couple, right? You guys together? Yeah. Married. God loves you guys. <laughs> God loves you guys. He does. I see that there, he is forming you together for strength. That there is a foundation that he is going to build through you guys. But when you partner with him, it's those wild dreams that you had as a kid are going to come about. Dreams that you, you almost disqualify yourself for. Actually, you saw yourself as a way as a kid. And you've already disqualified yourself. But God has a perfect path. He has that good path in plan. And you're going to walk out those things. He sees you. He knows you. And he's going to partner with you in this life. And you're going to see miracles everywhere you go. So God, I thank you for releasing a miracle from heaven into their family right now. I release a touch of heaven. What the enemy has bound, that we loose it right now. I thank you that you're the God of freedom, that you're the God of strength, and you are shifting their circumstance. In this very moment, there is a move of heaven into their lives. There is a touch of heaven in this room. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 You all can take a seat. Worship team. Beautiful. I, I love that new song. That new song is such an alignment with my message today, too. Love it. And, um, you know, I love that we get to be a part of a church that reads the Bible. We choose to learn the Bible, and then we choose to live out the Bible. We choose to take it from what, at face value. What did God say? And I'm just going to believe what God said. What God chose to write down, we're going to live it out in our lives. We're not going to try to connect dots that aren't in there to, to satisfy what we're seeing. We're going to take what his word says and we're going to believe it. So thank you, Pastors Jurgen and Leanne. 
for the culture of a like the culture of this house that we're going to take the word of God at face value. We're going to live it and we're going to apply it. And Joy and I, we've seen miracle after miracle after miracle because of that. Pastors Michael and Lisa, you guys are phenomenal leaders. I like we love you. I, I, there's, sometimes there's nothing else to say, but we love you. All right. Can everyone say November 5th? All right. It sounds like you guys are awake. That's good. Just checking. You know, sometimes you don't know if people are awake, so you got to test. But November 5th, uh, we have Pastor Mike Connell coming to our campus. He is an incredible minister of God. You don't want to miss it. Put it on your calendars. Cancel your vacations. Make sure you're here because this is an important Sunday. He actually ministers to, to Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. Like, he is a minister of Awakened Church. Awakened Church was birthed out of him ministering. It's an important Sunday you don't want to miss. Holy Spirit, we thank you for showing up here today. I thank you that these are not my words, but these are your words. I thank you that you are moving with fresh revelation in this room. That in this room today, there's going to be a touch of heaven. That miracles are going to flow. That healing and freedom is abound. And I thank you that you are going to speak to us individually. We give you our hearts. We trust you for the way you do things. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So right now we're in our uh, freedom series. And, um, you know, to define freedom, it's a simple thing. It's doing what you want to do. You know, if you want to do something, you can go do it. And it's funny, you hear that word freedom, you hear that simple. You're like, how is that so simple? It is. It's so simple. And then you also can realize how much freedom was taken away from us over the last three years because we couldn't do the things we wanted to do. And so we've seen both sides of the coin. We can do it or we can't. And it sounds great, but when I was praying about this, what the Holy Spirit was telling me is that so often his children don't want freedom. They, they don't want spiritual freedom. They want him to come and clean up the messes that he's equipped them for. That like, hey, you, like you say, hey, God, take this mess from me. Hey, take this uncomfort. I'm really uncomfortable here. Can you please take this from me? But he's created you to do hard things, right? He's created you. He's put a mop in your hand. He's given you the bucket to go clean up the mess. And he doesn't want you, he doesn't want to take your free will. He actually, he wrote it down and authored it forever that he can't take away your free will. So it's actually your responsibility to do those things. But it would be easier if he did do it, right? I'll be the first one to admit, God, I would love for you to give me the lotto tickets for this next drawing. Like, I would love to be able to say, hey, I tithed $100 million last week, you know? I, I, I want that $1.75 billion winnings. I know exactly what I'd be buying with it. I'd be buying buildings for this church. I'd be buying, like, awakened campuses across the world. I'd be buying, you know, I, I have it in plan. I already know. But and at times, you're just like, okay, but how come I'm so far from that? I have a vision of what I would do with the money. I have a vision of what my family looks like. I have a vision of what like, life is supposed to look like. But how come it's not happening? And I'm praying. I'm coming to church. I'm reading the word. I'm worshiping. How come, it's, how come there's this disconnect? God, where is my breakthrough? How many of you guys have said that? I'll be the first one to say I've said it many times. God, where is my breakthrough? Like you're the God who calmed the sea. Like, you sent Peter out to catch a fish to pay for your taxes. Like, I want to pay for my taxes with fishing. Like, that sounds great. You raised the dead. You healed the sick. 
you did all these things, but, but you haven't moved here yet. Why is that? Well, today I want to bring freedom around that question. I want to bring freedom around this, like, why hasn't the miracle happened yet? Because there are things in life that are from God that could be uncomfortable, and then there's things from Satan that could be comfortable to keep you from going where you want to go, right? And I want to help distinguish what is from God and what is from, like, the Satan. So the title of my message today is Heaven or Hell? I want to help distinguish wilderness seasons versus demonic attacks, and from the get-go, before I go any further, I have, to, I have to say that God cannot tempt. God cannot tempt you to do evil. God will never tempt you to do evil. But he can lead you into a place where you will get tempted. You can be led to a place where you're tested. In uh, Matthew, or my point number one is wilderness. I'm going to be talking about wilderness seasons and how to respond and to live in a wilderness season. But the point number one is wilderness. And in Matthew 4, verses 1 through 3, it says this, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Isn't that what we try to do sometimes? We try to command the easy we try to command, like, not what God has called us to do, but try to command off the, dis the discomfort in our life, you know? But also what stands out to me in this is that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, came onto Jesus when he was baptized, descended on him like a dove, and then immediately led him into a wilderness season. Why would, why, why you know? I, like, why would you lead Jesus into a world, wilderness season? Like, what, what is going on? And I'm going to help unpackage that, but like, I want you to know that wilderness seasons can be the grace of God, can be anointed seasons where they help you like, figure out your calling, step into your destiny. They hi help highlight tests and to train you. They help the highlight things that are inside you that need to be removed. I know if it was me. If I was in Jesus' spot, like Eugene, you can cover your ears, but I would probably would have made it into pizza like that rock, I would have made like beer flowing from a rock. Like I would have been like, man, I want a steak, I want a pizza, I want that free burger. Like, let's go. But luckily, Jesus was perfect, and I didn't have to be faced with that temptation. <laughs> yeah, amen. In Isaiah 40, verse 3, um, this is prophesying about John the Baptist. But it says, a voice cries, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Now, this is Isaiah prophesying about John the Baptist. But when I was praying about this, Holy Spirit was telling me, no, this is true for every single one of us. Like, in the desert is the time to prepare for what God's about to do. In the desert, we can make our own, our own path straight for the next move of God in our life. It's the preparation time. If you find yourself in a wilderness, it's time to prepare because something incredible is about to happen. Instead of focusing on the, the discomfort around us, we could be thanking God for what he's about to move in a new miracle. He's about to move in a new way. 
In Isaiah 43, verse 1, in the New King James, it says, But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. And then going down to verse 7, it says, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I've created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. What strikes me about this whole chapter is in the Isaiah 43, there's created and formed. There's a theme, created and formed. God creates you in the room, in the womb, but he forms you through life. Jacob, Jacob was born Jacob. He came out after Esau, did some stuff, had to go away for years living with his uncle. 14 years living with his uncle developed him. It was his wilderness season. And then after that wilderness season, he was able to walk away, wrestled with God, and became Israel. The destiny of the Jews, the destiny of the Israelites, was because he wrestled with God, because he walked through the wilderness. It wouldn't have happened unless he walked away. It wouldn't have happened unless he had those 14 years serving under his uncle. He was formed in that season. He was created one way, and he was formed and renamed into his destiny, into his DNA. It's the God destination. God is constantly preparing you for the destination he's put inside of you. Proverbs 16.9 says, The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. In this, like when I see this, I see that God's, like you say, hey God, this is the God's destination I want. I'm using God's destination for God destination. I like it. It's okay if I'm the only one. It's the God's the nation. But how do we get to a God's the nation? Well, it's through a wilderness. It's through his steps and his plan. You can't get to the God's destination on your life by yourself with your own plans, with your own steps, your own direction. You have to trust his steps. You have to trust his ways. In Philippians 3.13, it says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on to the goal of, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press towards the God's nation. I press forward. I forget what I'm going through. I don't pay attention to my circumstance. I don't pay attention to where I'm standing, but I listen to where he's calling, and I run after that. I ignore the discomfort I'm in because I know the destination that I'm going. When life's difficult and hard, it's because there's something inside of you that he's about to extract. And I want to dispel something in here. Jesus did not die just for you to go to heaven. No, not even close. You will go to heaven. But when Jesus died, he bought the seeds that God put inside of you in your DNA. God created you with a DNA and a seeds. And Jesus died for those seeds, that potential. Jesus died because he wanted your potential to come unstracked. Jesus died because he knew what God could do with you, what you could do with him. Life isn't about just getting to heaven. Life's about allowing the, the full potential that God has put inside you to come about. It's about going after what he has for you. You don't want to go to heaven one day and see the crown that he has made for you based on your potential and fall that much short. 
You don't want to go to heaven one day and say, wow, that's the DNA you had in me? That was the potential that you put inside of me? What, what did I do? Like, I honestly believe on the judgment day that there will be Christians in heaven that it will be a little somber because they will have realized that they didn't step into the full potential of what God had for them. There's a reason why it's a judgment seat. And judgment isn't a, like hell or not. It's let's see what you did with your life. Let's see what you did with the potential that I put inside of you. Or did you allow me to unlock that potential? Did you choose to live this life side by side with me to unlock every aspect of that DNA? Just like you put seeds in the ground. It has the DNA of whatever the seed it is. If you put a seed in the ground and you bury it, it takes heat it takes water. It may feel like it's drowning sometimes. It may feel buried, suffocated sometimes. It may feel that there's like heat on it. But that's the process of unlocking the germination so they can actually produce the fruit it was created for. Jesus paid for your potential. He died on the cross. He turned his face like flint for the potential that was inside of you. And I'm saying this many times because I want it to sink in. That God has potential inside of you. And sometimes that voice comes in and says, I've given up. Or I've failed my potential. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because he's scared of the potential inside of you. The potential inside of you is so great. So You're going to be in front of God one day being like, I can't believe we did all those things together. I can't believe we lived this life together. And I love James. I actually used to really not like this verse. But I love the book of James because he understood this. He understood that a trial, a testing, was about unlocking your eternity. It was about unlocking the next miracle that God is about to do. God, it's about unlocking the next, next move of God in your life. In James 1, 2 through 4 and 12, it says this. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may, may be made perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Then on to verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. This is more than getting into heaven. This is about being who God called you and created you to be. He allows some stressors in our life, some pressures in our life, so that we can become the potential. He become the next preachers. He become the next connect leaders, the next business owners, the next million dollar givers, the next hundred million dollar givers, the next congress members, the next teachers, the next governors, to lead people. And you know, someone in here is called to start a school. Someone in here is called to lead the next generation, to lead the next generation of students, to change the way the school system is. And as I'm saying this, you know that it's you, but you don't feel called or worthy for it. But I'm telling you right now, that potential is inside of you. You trust God and he will walk it out with you. You know, about 15 months ago, I started working out at the gym. Went my whole life, really. I never worked out. And I kind of just like justified it as, you know, I don't, you know, fine, I'll hike, I'll do other things. And, um, and I started, start, you know, after a few months in, I started doing some like barbell complexes, bench press, back squat, deadlift. And I was like, okay, like I want to set some goals. 
because you need to have goals. You need to have that destination written down. And so in January, I wrote down, I wanted to bench my body weight. I wanted to squat one and a half times my body weight. And I wanted to deadlift twice my body weight. And I wanted the sum of all three to be 1,000 pounds. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, but let's see if it's possible. So I went out and got an amazing coach, Eugene. Annie and Eugene, they, they, they own and run Unbroken Solutions. Amazing. But I was like, okay, what's the process? What's the process of reaching these goals? And he started out doing stability exercises. Like, like I'm like, no, I wanted to lift heavy weights. Like, I don't want to have a kettlebell on a rubber band bouncing all over the place. And he's like, no, you need to strengthen, like, the small, tw fast twitch muscles. And then he's like, and you need to do core work because you have to have a strong core to lift the heavy weights. And then you need to do muscular endurance training because if you do the muscular endurance training with the stability and the core work, and then that's prepping everything else for when you start going after the heavy, uh, the heavy weights. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to trust the process. I'm going to absolutely trust the process because I'm not going to pretend to, I'm not going to pretend that I know what I'm doing, Right? <laughs> I mean, life's the same way. we got to trust the process that's in front of us. We have to trust what God is doing in our lives. We have to say, okay, God, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm just going to listen to you, and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to heed your word. And um, this is the result of trusting the process. We're going to put on the video. Drop the butt, yep. <laughs> Beast! Yeah! 445. Boom. 445 pounds. I honestly didn't think it was in me. Thank you, Eugene. It was funny. Uh, before this day, actually, I went to the gym this day not wanting to, like, to lift heavy. I did. I, I walked in, and then Eugene's like, okay, we're going to start you off with like, a rep of 15 at 225. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, I, let's do that. And then, you know, we were going through, and I was like mentally, okay, we're going to move on to the next exercise. He's like, no. He's like, no, you've been training for this. You're going to do it. I know you can do it. You're going to do it. And as you can see, I got up 445 pounds, which was, I think, 75 pounds more than I had picked up before in any previous time. And it was because of the training and the process that he's been laying out, a training and process that I said, you know what, I'm going to stick to and I'm going to trust. And that's, that's what God has for us. We may not understand why we're doing stability exercises first. We might not understand why we're doing core work first. But God knows what he's doing. If he paid for your potential, don't you think he's going to put you on the perfect path to unlock it? If he's, no, listen to me. He went on the cross to give everything for your potential. He is going to absolutely put you on the right path to extract that potential. He doesn't want you to lose out. There's no point of buying seeds if you're not going to plant them. Like, like you're not going to go buy enough seeds to plant 1,000 acres unless you're going to plant and unlock the potential. You're not going to allow them to grow. God's the same way. We serve a smart God. I think sometimes we don't give him credit for some of the basics. Like, that's, a, that's who he is. Like, he wouldn't have bought you. He wouldn't have done it if you weren't going to go after the potential that's inside of you. So trust God. Trust his process. Point number two, it's a oppression. Not a fun one, but it's a good one. It's a good one because it, learns how, it teaches us how to dig. It teaches us how to build strength. 
And, uh, you know, for those of us that aren't Jesus, which I believe, okay, yeah, all of us. Um, for those of us that aren't Jesus, this means in the wilderness season, things are going to be highlighted. Things are going to be elevated to, like, us that need to deal with, like generational sin. It could be, like, you know, sin, like, just habitual sin in your life. And it's usually things that you're like, it's not that big of a deal. The not, the, like, the sum of that's not, it's, it's not that big of a deal are going to cancel out your future. They're going to keep you in the wilderness. Like, if Israel's probably like, it's not that big of a deal that we're complaining about manna. And because of that, it's not that big of a deal that we're afraid of these giants. But that made them die in the wilderness and not step into their promise. You have to deal with that, those, it's not that big of a deal, because it is that big of a deal. And so when I look back to 18 months ago, when I was, I was going, Joy and I were going through a season, I made a bunch of really bad decisions, losing hundreds of thousands of dollars. I started drinking way too much beer. Just, I, no excuses. I was just drinking too much beer. I was eating too much food. Like, I would, like, eat dinner, and then I would go eat the kids' dinner, and then I would go eat snacks, you know? I, I, I still enjoy the taste of fruit snacks. I know they're so bad for you, but I still enjoy the taste of fruit snacks. At the same time, I was becoming like so focused on God's promise that I was actually disconnecting from my family a little bit because I was like, you know what, like I just, I need to help, I need to help God make this promise come to pass. Like how dumb does that sound, right? But I was like, I, I need to do it. I need to do my part. I need to do everything in my power to help God. Like if God's going to do his part and I need to move. I need to move first. And so then I'm moving all everywhere and all of a sudden the relationships started suffering because of that. Like, our family was good, but it wasn't great at that time because I was so focused. And even my daily reading, I would hurry up, rush through my reading so that I could, like, study the stock market. So I could try to figure out how to bring the miracle. I would, I would like, hurry my time with God so that I could figure out how to bring a miracle. And that's not how God is. He's relationship first. He is the God that always starts with relationship first. And so I, then I actually got to a point where I started resenting where I was at. I was resenting this wilderness season in my life where things weren't going the way that I was expecting them to because I was like, but you promised. You, I know your voice. I know where you said. I know, I know the visions you've given me. Like, I know everything about you. How, how, is it, how am I going backwards? And I started resenting it. Like, like, like what is going on? And I got frustrated. I allowed frustration, confusion to rule me at that time. But then I made a choice. I remember it was actually, it was before the Awaken Conference last July, that I made this choice. I was like, God, I don't care where I'm at. I'm going to take this next season to purify every part of my life that I can. I'm going to go after any, any of those small compromises, and I'm going to go after them with tenacity. I'm going to refuse to allow them back in. And I can sit here, and, I mean, and that's when I joined the gym, too, to start working out. Because I was like, you know what? I'm not going to stay up late watching movies anymore. I'm going to wake up early and exercise my body. I'm going to discipline my body. I'm not going to eat junk food anymore. I'm going to start eating healthy. I'm not going to allow these thoughts to entertain anymore, to speak anymore. I'm going after this. I'm going after God's ways. I'm going after purity in my life in all areas, no compromise. And doing so, I could sit here a year later and, like, I, like I'm, I can't believe how good his 
word works. <laughs> like, it's like time and time again, you live out his word and you're just like, like, I love our marriage. I love our kids. Like, I, I love the life we get to live together. Joy, like, my wife Joy here, she is absolutely amazing. And we get to live this beautiful life together. It does have some drawbacks, I've noticed, though, that um, my kids come to me more than they used to. <laughs> they come and jump on me in the middle of the night. I thought that was just a mom thing. No, I guess I just I wasn't engaged enough. And so now I end up with a couple kids on me most mornings. But I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I love the God process. I love the outcome of his ways. In Isaiah 43, verse 2, it says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. The wilderness season isn't a place for tearing down. It isn't a place for, like, oh, you're terrible, you this, you're that. No, it's a place for an unlocking. Like, you will not get burnt in these seasons. But... Just like gold, when heat's applied, things may come off. You know, how many of you guys know what 12 karat gold is? Well, okay, not many of you. 12 karat gold, it's, it's, it's called discount gold for a reason. Because it's 50% gold, 50% other metal alloys. And to make it into its purest form, its most valuable form, you have to put it through heat. You have to melt it down. And when you melt it down, it actually separates out what was, already, what was always inside that you cannot see. And then you can remove it from the top. And th like that analogy is used throughout the Bible. It's used time and time again. And because the, there is power in these seasons to say, God, I submit to your ways. I allow you to refine me. I allow you to apply heat. And I'm not going to complain at this heat, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to absolutely trust you because I know what you paid for. I know what you're walking me through, and I know what you're about to do. And it also creates a, a, a deep hunger these seasons, right? You, you start getting a hunger for God. But the problem is, is that we can misuse hunger, and Satan knows this. And so you'll find that in wilderness seasons is when Satan is going to attack the most, because you're going to be hungry. You're going to be wanting to turn that rock into a pizza, you know? Or maybe it's just me again. I don't know. Yeah, okay, thank you. Thank you. But um, in, uh, it's funny. In the show alone, like season 10, Joy and I were watching it. They went to go tell, like, the winner he won. But they, they treated it as, like, a medical check. Hey, we have to go medical check on you. And this guy has been living out in the wilderness with, like, five items for 70 days. And so he's, you know, he's pushing, and he's lost all his weight. Like he's super skinny. But the guys show up, the medical the staff shows up to check him, and he was like, man, I'm so hungry. I, I know exactly what you guys ate for breakfast. Like I, I could smell the onion. I could smell the eggs. I could smell the sausage, the bacon. Like I know what you had for breakfast. God allows us to walk through seasons where we're uncomfortable, but that we're so, we're so sensitive to what he's about to do. But we can, if we're not careful, that sensitivity could take us out. The enemy wants to attack in the wilderness. He wants to bring things like accusations. He wants to bring things like heaviness, depression. He wants to bring things like t that temptation to go after the wrong thing to fulfill the hunger. 
You may want to turn to alcohol to fulfill the hunger. You may want to turn to food. You may want to turn to TV, turn to anything to fill the hunger that's meant for him and his presence and who he is. He may bring confusion in these seasons. I know that's what I struggled with. I struggled with confusion of like, why is this happening? I, did, I thought I did everything you asked me to do, and yet it's not going the way that I expect. And you'll find that, like, things will not go the way that you expect. But you're not asking God for the path. You're asking God for the place, and he chooses the path. So it's not about your expectations of the process. It's about who he is and trusting him through the process. And that these, this evil comes to us, right? He'll come, come to us with sickness, conflict, like unexplained losses, like especially if you find yourself fighting with family members more, like all of a sudden that there's like misunderstandings. Also, we used to communicate great. Now like everything you say, it seems like I'm saying, I'm hearing the wrong thing. Like what is going on, you know? And then you can get frustrated. It's, it's meant to bring the frustration because if you can be frustrated, then he can pull that seed out of the ground. He can grab that potential and not let it grow because his full goal is to prevent your potential from getting to where God has called it to be. He doesn't want you to be in heaven on full display of the potential God has put inside of you. So we must learn to, to recognize what is of heaven it may cause some discomfort at times. And what is of hell, which is causing confusion and pulling us away from the destiny that God has put in front of us? Is it pulling you away from the destiny or is it something highlighting issues within? And those attacks are not from God. God does not cause us to sin. But he does allow us to step into positions to highlight areas that we need to remove to clean house in our lives. And I'm gonna to end with this before we pray with a, a motivational speech from the mighty Ted Lasso. <laughs> Fairy tales do not start or end in the dark forest. That is smack dab in the middle of the story, but it'll all work out. It, now, it may not work out how you think it will or how you hope it does, but believe me, it will all work out exactly as it's supposed to. That's who our God is. You may feel like you're in a dark forest right now. You may feel like you're like, like, why isn't the dots connecting that I thought were supposed to be connecting? Like, what is going on here? But God is allowing you to walk through something to, to develop the warrior inside, to develop the skill set needed for the next miracle he's about to do, to develop inside of you the tenacity to push back against the enemy, to say, no more, enough is enough. You may not have my family. You may not have my thoughts. You may not have my country. You may not have my city. You may not have or take any ground if we could all stand if you're here today and you want the God who bought your potential in your life you say God I want to I want you to take that potential from me I want to help I want you to help me extract that potential raise your hand it's a time it's a time to say, God, I choose you. I choose your ways. I choose your process. I'm going to trust you. There are hands up across this building. 
their hands up. God, I thank you that there is an awakening of your people that know that, that what they're walking through can be used to unlock the greatness that you've put inside of them. So in the name of Jesus, I come against every demonic thought, every thought that comes in that says you're worthless, every thought that comes in that says you're less than, every thought that comes in that says that you're not enough and you will never be enough. This is where you are stuck and I bind it in the name of Jesus. I command you to go in the name of Jesus. This is a place of freedom. Heaven come right now. I thank you for a wave of freedom in this place. I thank you that you're the God who sees the potential and you're running after it. You are calling the potential inside. I thank you for the awakening of that potential right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Right now, we're going to end the service. We're going to come to an end. I want my ministry team to come forward. And if you're here today and you really want to see God move, come and get prayer. Come and get prayer and say, God, I don't even know what's going on. I just want prayer. I want you to show up. I want to see your miracle. Or if you're here today and you're like, you know, I want to rededicate my life to Christ. Come up and get prayer with these incredible ministers who have been equipped for situations like this. Whatever you're going through. Because God is here. This is his altar. It's an altar because it alters your destiny. It awakens the potential inside. You say, Jesus, thank you for what you're about to do. And as I do that, go ahead and come forth. Come down. Now I'm going to do another prayer for everybody. God, I thank you for those walking through the wilderness in this place. That in this place, there is a new season of gratitude awakening inside. I thank you that your men and women know how to operate in thanksgiving through all seasons because they know it's not about what they see around them. It's not about their circumstance, but it is about the God that you are, that you care about the details, that you care about what you've put inside of them. And in the name of Jesus, I release peace into this place. I release peace into every situation. I release peace into the wilderness that they know that you are for them that you have a plan, that you have the good plan, that you have the best plan from unlocking their potential. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.